Welcome to the Move Well podcast with Hannah and Connor, unpacking all things health and fitness. In today's episode, we're going to talk about the lymphatic system and its effect on our health. The lymphatic system is basically the sewage system of the body. It has a key role in our immune function by protecting us from infection. So Connor is going to bring us through the anatomy of the lymphatic system. The lymphatic system is basically a network of tubes, tissues and organs that carry the lymphatic fluid from all around the body to the main organs and then the body then chooses uh, which way it wants to actually get those toxins out of the body. So um, the tubes gather together uh, at the main joints of the body where we have a gathering or a cluster of little lymphatic nodes, they're called. And these little nodes are similar to the shape of a pea. Um, and the main areas that these nodes, nodes gather are the back of the knee, the groin, um, the underneath the armpit, and particularly over 80% is in the neck mm-hmm. and that's so that we can get toxins out of the brain. Obviously. And are there actually lots of vessels in the body or? Yeah so interestingly uh, there's twice as many lymphatic vessels as there are blood vessels mm-hmm. so that would give us a really clear indication as to how important lymphatics actually is and the how like when it's working properly it can really really benefit the overall health of the individual. Mm-hmm. So how do you know if your lymphatic system is actually blocked? Okay, so really simple cues to look out for would be um, pockets of swelling. So a big one for most people is around the ankles um, or puffiness at the front of the knee or behind it. Um, Alternatively, or as well as that, you can have puffiness just in around the bottom of the neck, just the chin, sorry. Um, And they're all pretty common things to have so it's it's more of a chronic thing so when you see that puffiness there over a long period of time that will give you a good indication as to you know your lymphatic system's blocked and it needs a little bit of a help um, or that there's another underlying issue there maybe you're you know uh, an infection underlying infection that you're not quite aware of okay so it's really what you're looking for is that if those kind of symptoms are prolonged if it's a case that it's not kind of two or three days you're waking up with a sore throat but it's more a case of i have this swelling and even if the the person is you know quite slim they can't get rid of this swelling that yeah. is an indication that there is something maybe a bit more um askew with that with that particular system absolutely and often you can you can find that it's in the slim person you can see you can see it more clearly because they don't carry that adipose tissue or the fat um or say you have that individual who you know they're maybe training for their 10k, 5k, or they're maybe even doing marathon running, but it's just not at an elite level. Mm-hmm. And so they have like a, a constant level of um, swelling in the body. Um, that's very, very common to see. And they say like, oh, I just can't get rid of my extra little bit of fat. When really it's not fat, it's actually just the holding of that um, fluid that we were talking about, the lymphatic fluid. Are there any other signs or symptoms that you could kind of um, enlighten the listeners about? Yeah, for sure. So um, obviously the swelling was just a, it says something you can see, but there's lots of other things that uh, in terms of behavior that you can you can tell by. So simple things like brain fog or um, memory loss or um, sore throat. Uh, though remember I was talking about little hard nodules as well that you can feel. Um, 
in some cases, people can have blurred visions, migraines, um, IBS. It can literally go into wherever that weak point for that person is. So that's why it, there's such a variance, and yeah. it's, it's you know people often tend to turn away from lymphatics because it's kind of vague. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It's it's presented vaguely. Are like stiffness um, and say sluggishness in movement related to lymphatics? Yeah, exactly. That's another one for the morning time in particular. So again, going back to that chronic, mm -hmm. the chronic state. So if you wake up after a hard workout and you know you're stiff in the morning, that's different. That's called DOMS. But mm -hmm. if you wake up day after day, maybe for you know ongoing months, uh, and you have that sore, stiff achy feeling sluggish fatigue takes you a long time to actually get up you know you almost have to pee yourself from the bed mm -hmm. and then throughout the day when you have that kind of peaks and troughs and peaks and troughs and your energy ebbs and flows that's often the case that your system's burdened okay um so yeah another good indication lots of people think that you know part of getting older is having that stiffness is kind of a deteriorating body in general and like while that is true and while it does come with aging um you can have a profound effect on um reducing those symptoms by giving attention yeah. to the lymphatic system for sure talk us through that so basically what happens is that when we have a buildup of lymphatic fluid, the whole system becomes acidic. Okay. Uh, so when our system is acidic, we are working suboptimal. So we're making our body work really, really hard. So like you said before, you know, people say, oh, I'm aging, I'm getting sore, I'm getting stiff. Yes, there is a degenerative um, uh, factor to play, uh, play there where you know you're, you're on the earth for so long and your, your body can only take so much however it's being in that toxic state or that acidic state for a long period of time that makes it so much harder so mm. you, you can actually speed up the aging process by being in an acidic state mm. on the other hand if we address the issues that we have with the lymphatic system and each person presents differently, like I said before, and uh, then we can get rid of some, if not all, of those uh, symptoms. Okay, so that's really interesting. And one of those main um, avenues of improving the lymphatic system is paying attention to your hydration. Mm, for sure. So I've heard you say before that 96% of the lymphatic system is comprised of water. And mm. um, so how does hydration and getting enough water in our every day have a positive effect? Yeah, so basically, if you imagine that um, if you want something to move faster through tubes, through the, any sewer system, mm -hmm. you have to have a water flow constantly moving through that. Yeah. So if the water flow becomes less, the movement becomes less. Mm -hmm. If you increase the water flow, obviously, the more that's moved and being able to move through it. So it's the exact same in the body. If we are in a dehydrated state, and even if it's slightly dehydrated, the lymphatic system struggles. So the, what, what is in the lymphatic system becomes thicker and more difficult to move. Uh, and then when we're more hydrated, it really runs smoothly. Um, and so we actually reduce the likelihood of blockages then. So, so hydration is massive. And hydration actually doesn't just come from water. It can actually come, well, often it comes from the foods that we eat as well. So if we talk about um, watery foods, uh, particularly raw, like cucumber, oranges. Uh, juicy fruit. Juicy fruit, absolutely. Um, the, uh, our body absorbs that water quite well because it's living water. Mm -hmm. um, and so that really just gives a big shoot 
through those tubes and helps to clear it out. So I definitely recommend both keeping your water intake high, but also um, keeping the uh, juicy fruits high as well. Okay, in terms of um, movement, how do we move um, to boost our lymphatic system? Yeah, perfect. So if we go back to the example that I, or the, the, what I was talking about earlier with those lymphatic nodes at the main joints of the body, mm -hmm. um, important to mention before I go into that, sorry, is that the lymphatic system doesn't have a pump. Okay. So we need the muscles to contract or to um, uh, engage to push the lymphatic fluid through the system. Mm -hmm. So uh, when we move, uh, particularly, like I said, those joints are the knee, the hip, uh, and the neck, and, and, the, and the shoulder. So when we address those hips, which is or those hips, those uh, joints, which is basically the entire body, um, we will give the, the body a big pump and that fluid will, get, will be moved properly. Mm -hmm. So say a really simple example of going on the bike, you know, someone goes cycling on the bike. We're not moving every joint in the body there. It's not the best for lymphatics. Okay. Going for a run is actually quite good because there's that bouncing mechanism, uh, which will help to, like when we run, we actually have to contract our core. Our arms are actually engaged as well. Maybe people don't think that, but... It's a full body movement. It is a full body movement, yeah. absolutely. So the likes of running is probably one of the best movements one can actually do to give that big pump. But basically, when you address all of the joints, you're going to address um, lymphatic pump. So do you uh, include any kind of lymphatic movement in your exercise classes? I would actually. Um, so of late, what I've started to do is kind of break the workouts up into sections. And after each kind of circuit-based um, exercise, I would do um, like a series of little jumps or little repetitive movements that would give that kind of buoyancy to the body that would then kind of promote the um, lymphatic fluid moving. Yeah. So, and I have found actually, and I think, you know, the clients that I would work with would agree um, in saying that like it actually has increased the recovery rate. Mm. So that in itself is, you know, a small example of how movement can help the body and, and directly affect the lymph. Yeah, so what I was talking about was the running, uh, which can be quite um, taxing on the body. And what you're talking about is a more gentle movement. So just to expand on that, um, why would we why would we go for a more gentle approach than a more, um, I suppose, not aggressive, but... Uh, intense. Intense approach, yeah. So um, basically with the lymphatic system, it's... It responds better to low input over a constant, like not a constant, but over a longer period of time. Mm -hmm. So the lower input um, helps to give it that um, little edge that it needs rather than adding. So to expand on that further, sorry, what I could say is when you do intense exercise, you're actually adding to the toxic load that the lymphatic system has to take away. So um, by doing gentle movement, you don't have that toxic load so that's, that's, that's the main reason why we would go gentle. So what do you mean by toxic load um, in relation to exercise? Okay, so when we exercise, we have byproducts, uh, obviously depending on the, um, the, the intensity of the exercise. We will have uh, greater amounts of uh, byproducts. 
there definitely is an aspect of the blood system taking away the likes of the or the uh, lactic acid. However, there are byproducts that are produced during exercise that will remain in the interstitial fluid, which will then become the lymphatic fluid, and which will then be taken away. So, uh, an example of that is when you have a really intense bout of exercise, you have a buildup of fluid in the legs, then maybe that night and the next day. Um, and a good indicator as to your lymphatic health is how long that fluid actually remains in your legs. Uh, so if it's one to two days following exercise and that you then see a reduction in that um, swelling, that's a very good indication that you have good lymphatic health. Okay. If that remains there for a period of time and then you find it, it affects your next period of exercise, that's a good indication that you're not recovering well, your lymphatic system, maybe your hydration is not the best, your health or your uh, diet choices aren't the best, your sleep. Lots of things, but it's an indication that you're not. So your recovery rate following exercise is a good indication as to whether your lymphatic system is coping. Absolutely. Um, during that time. Mm -hmm. For sure. Excellent. All right. So, in terms of the lymphatic system and pregnancy, um, pregnant ladies, I think, are very aware of the swelling that they kind of encounter during that time. Mm -hmm. Um, why do pregnant ladies struggle with their lymphatic system? So basically, uh, as the baby grows inside, it produces more waste. That more waste then has to be filtered by the mother. Um, and so the bigger the baby gets, the more the, the, bo the woman's body cannot cope. And so therefore, therefore she will have uh, a large amount of swelling depending on her health as well. Okay, so that swelling is then a direct indication that the mother is has a higher load, um, a higher toxic load on her body. So her body is having to cope with that elimination of those toxins. Absolutely, absolutely. And it's really important that when um, women are pregnant that they do remain active for that reason. Mm -hmm. So that gentle movement that we spoke about earlier is a great way to help to filter that additional waste. Yeah, so how would you actually deal with that in your class? Is there like the likes of, you know, I don't know, core exercises or your breathing? What would you use often to help them? So at the minute I am actually working with um, a client um, who is pregnant and she is finding that you know the movement that we're doing at the minute is a great way to give her energy right so the amount of energy that you feel you have on a daily basis can be um, directly linked to processing that lymphatic waste mm, in a sure. prompt and timely manner so by keeping her active throughout the week she is ticking that box and feels great as a result the movement that I would do with her is, you know, we very much go on how she's feeling that day. Um, if she is feeling a little bit sluggish, you know, your, your knee jerk to that would kind of be, I'm not interested in movement. But at this stage, because of the work we've done, she knows that that movement will unlock the energy that she needs to get on with the rest of the day. Mm -hmm. So, and she also understands the concept of lymph. So she knows, right, okay, I have to keep moving here in order to keep me healthy, but in also to keep the environment that the baby's growing in mm. as healthy as possible. Um, and as I well think, as the recovery after as well. Yeah, mm. so I, I mean, she's investing in her body, in, in her health at the minute, which will inevitably help her recovery afterwards mm. because she's in general a little bit stronger mm. um, and enabled to move afterwards. Um, and of course, the breathing that you would do then during that movement would really help as well because, you know, your diaphragm is directly linked to one of those big lymph nodes that you were talking about earlier, mm -hmm. um, just above the belly button. And having that um, controlled breathing helps to, you know, 
put pressure on that node to then, you know, as you're breathing, inhaling, exhaling, that um, applies a little bit of pressure to the node and that can help to move it on in that particular area. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, movement and hydration, again, <laughs> it's going to be a common thread throughout most of our podcasts, mm -hmm. are an absolute um, necessity when it comes to the lymphatic system. Absolutely. So what techniques would you use in the clinic to address lymphatic blockage? So basically I would use three different techniques. The first being dry brushing, which is a relatively uh, non-invasive. The second would be lymphatic massage, which again is quite non-invasive, but it's um, a little bit more intense than the dry brushing in terms of pressure. And then finally I would use movement, um, which would be more like a mobility, so addressing hips and shoulders and trying to get the most range or increase the range for that individual, which again will have a profound effect on the um, those little lymphatic nodules, um, our nodes, and they will just help the, the lymph move along. So would you include mobility into your classes? Yes, mobility would be a big part of the class at the start and at the end. So. I've heard it said before that really you're only as strong as you are mobile, right? So you can only train the muscles properly if you have a full range to train them in. So say, take your arm, for example, if you can't, you know, fully extend the elbow, you're not going to be able to fully train the bicep. So that's kind of what we bear in mind while we're going through all those exercises. For some people, it can be difficult to actually get themselves into a mindset where they are kind of responsive to that kind of exercise because I suppose when they want to do a class they want that kind of sweaty atmosphere to the exercise but that mobility work at the start and at the end are obviously to warm us up and then cool us down but it is an invaluable part of the um, class for that reason so to again get the lymph moving before we even engage in that kind of um, more intense exercise. So the mobility techniques that we would use would be something that's called CARS. So it's like you're bringing the, um, each joint through its full range of movement. And for lots of people, they won't get into that full range, you know, in the initial session or even in the second session. It will be over a course of a number of weeks that they will um, get that greater range, that full range of movement. And then that directly transfers over to the ability of the lymphatic system to clear in that area. Absolutely. So like basically you're saying there is that when you improve the quality of movement that you have, you improve the quality of health that you have. Because mm -hmm. movement is definitely equal to, uh, not always, but most of the time, equal to health. Yeah, and I think for our listeners, the most important thing to take from um, this podcast is that Improving your lymphatic system improves your quality of life. Mm -hmm. It means that the struggle isn't as much day to day. It means that those things that you like to do on a daily basis become a lot easier. It means that, you know, getting older isn't always a negative thing. You know, you're able to move, you're able to do those things that you were able to do when you were 40, mm -hmm. when you're 60. So it's really learning about the lymphatic system, being able to move, being able to um, get the right amount of hydration. And know how to directly affect the lymphatic system in a positive way mm -hmm. is like a new toolbox that you have to ensure a better quality of health into your older age. Absolutely. And it's taking the responsibility on yourself, mm -hmm. <clears throat> excuse me, which is massive mm -hmm. because a lot of the time people 
um, depend on others to give them the information. Yeah. But once you have the information, it's important to use it. Yeah. Because like you said, it, it means so much. Mm-hmm. It can improve your health. Mm-hmm. But just to, just briefly to talk about um, things like uh, habits like coffee drinking. Okay. How would that affect your lymphatic system? So coffee is a caffeinated drink. Caffeine is, you know, a negative thing when it comes to the lymphatic system. It's a, a diuretic and it does make us pee, you know, and use the toilet more frequently. So that's going to negatively affect your lymphatic system. It's going to make that, um, the content of your lymphatic system a lot more sludgy and kind of more viscous. So that directly then affects your ability to move. Mm-hmm. So the way I think about it is that if the contents of my lymphatic system are are sluggish, I'm going to feel sluggish. If your if your physical feeling that you have in your body, that lack of vitality, the lack of um, vigor, that is coming from your ability to sense what is going on in your lymphatic system, right? Mm-hmm. So if that slow down your lymphatic system, you're going to feel tired, you're going to feel sluggish. So caffeine will bring you to that point. Very often, it's you know it is a stimulant and it will increase the blood flow to your brain and it will make you feel that little bit more alert and for a period probably make you move quicker but that that's related to the release of adrenaline and that's just a, a um, kind of a, a transitory thing it's not a long-term thing and it doesn't mean a good quality of health so something that is very applicable for for us right now is uh, teething in children so how does that affect them in terms of their hydration but also in terms of their lymphatics Mm -hmm. so basically when you see um a child that's teething especially when they're kind of a little bit older say around the two mark and it's their back teeth are getting generally um, children will have like an awful time with their back teeth and you'll see their nose running and you'll see you know dribbles and they're losing lots and lots of fluid Mm -hmm. as they teeth so it's number one really important to keep them hydrated constant fluids like leave it out for them easily accessible and they will um they'll go for it as they need it the other thing to be aware of is that their glands underneath um in their neck like the ones you referred to earlier they can be a little bit swollen and generally what's happening there is that because these teeth are forming and breaking through the gum you will have a certain amount of swelling in the area to number one allow that to happen but number two, the lymph will be taking whatever byproducts um, occur as a result of that breaking of the skin, breaking of the gum, and it will be taking that away from the area and filtering that out because it's no longer needed. So their lymph is under pressure when that's happening, and again, that's why everything starts to run, and they really do look like they're having a tough time. Yeah, absolutely, because they're even crying too, and yeah. losing uh, fluid that yeah, way as well. Yeah, exactly. So it's just a really important time for a little one to um, have that kind of extra care. And mm. sometimes, you know, a little bit of lymphatic massage, whether it be on the gum, if mm. they can bear it, or even like on their face, can really help with some of the symptoms they're experiencing. Absolutely. So a gentle massage, you know, on their cheek, or um, if they do lay it onto their gum, I don't know, Sometimes it yeah, depends on the child. Um, but again, those are like little techniques that can really help get them through that tough patch. So a good time to do that would be um, after their bath or during their bath. So when they're either relaxed or distracted, mm-hmm. that you can actually address those areas that can be quite tender for them. Yeah. Another thing to note is that um, sometimes it can actually appear that like the little one is a little bit sick or maybe has a dose, but it's very important to remember 
that when there is a, a blockage in the lymph, it can very often seem as though you have an infection. Mm -hmm. But sometimes it's just maybe a muscle restriction in the area that causes that restriction in the lymphatic system. And so those symptoms will present in the same way, but it doesn't necessarily mean that a doctor's visit is necessary. Mm -hmm. So again, that's when your toolbox of techniques comes in handy because you know how to kind of you know do that little bit of massage to see if I do this massage will it go away and if it does go away then I mean that's excellent because you've actually taken responsibility yourself for making that change and saved a few bob. Absolutely and that's when you can log into our workshops online. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, so over the next few weeks there will be a few workshops um, held and just in order for us to kind of help you to learn a little bit more in detail about the lymphatic system and then a few techniques to um, enable you to kind of help yourself along. Absolutely and the things that you can do on a daily basis Yeah. because that's when you have the most positive effects on the lymphatic system when it's over a long period of time. Yeah so it's like every day little and often. Absolutely. Yeah, of course. A quick take-home message for the listeners in terms of, you know, to draw a conclusion from today, what would that be? Okay, so what to look out for, main thing. Look out for swelling in those areas that we talked about. So you're talking about your ankle, behind the knee and the neck. Look out for the other symptoms such as brain fog. Um, when you wake up in the morning chronically with aches and pains. Um, and another one that we didn't mention before, which is really important, is head symptoms so what i mean by that is chronic headaches chronic ear infections eye infections sinus infections and, and things like gum infections tooth decay things like that they all are a very clear indication that the lymphatic system might not be working as well as it could be mm -hmm. obviously there's other things at play there but the lymphatic system is a major role in those things so they're just things to look out for so they're pretty much the take-home messages that we'd have. To watch out for those signs and symptoms. Yeah. Address your hydration. Absolutely. Address your lymphatic system little and often every day. If you have any questions in relation to today's podcast, you can contact us through our Facebook or Instagram as Michael Wayne Injury Management or on our website, michaelwayneinjurymanagement.com. Thank you for listening. Tune in again next week for another Move Well podcast. Thank you.